Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGowan, and we're back with another Roundup episode. But this time, we're focused on career advice. From job searches to leadership to awkward conversations with coworkers, we've covered it all this year. And what a year it's been with work trends ranging from quiet quitting to returning to the office to job hopping. Here are some sound bites from our favorite career episodes of 2022. And now this is the Career Contested Podcast. The first episode in our roundup of the best career advice we heard in 2022 comes from our episode called How to Build a Better Boss. Melissa Nightingale, who's the co-founder of Raw Signal Group and co-author of Unmanageable, Leadership Lessons from an Impossible Year, joined us on the podcast to talk about how to develop better bosses and managers. She spoke a lot about how management is a learnable skill. Plus, she gave incredible advice on how to get bad bosses to change their management approach. Here's Melissa. Philosophically, this is a place where Raw Signal Group differs from a lot of folks doing this work. Like organizationally, we believe that if you give folks skills, you start to develop comfort in the idea that I might approach my work differently. And many organizations who do leadership development do a what I would describe as like a, a sort of a tear down and shame approach, mm. which is like we're going to put you through either a 360 with all of your peers or some sort of analysis or some sort of sort of psychometric. And you're going to go through that. And from that place of being sort of like torn all the way down, yeah. we will rebuild. And my sense is that most folks in a management role today know that they need more skills than they've got. Like if you ask them in a, in a one question survey, would you like more tools that work better when you're managing your team? I think like hundred percent of bosses would be like, yes, yeah, yes. That would be really helpful right now. If you have a place where I can go buy that at the store, I would go buy yeah, it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think the, the starting point of a lot of organizations is to say like, no, in order to get you to change, like we need you to be ripe for transformation. We're going to get you ready for transformation by, by basically laying bare all of the ways that your current approach is failing. I'm like, that's really embarrassing and yeah. very tender for a lot of folks. And, and it can be a really powerful jumping off point. But I think philosophically, we've said, look, like if we're, if we're going to start with sort of our core belief that bosses are trying to do a good job, then in the moments where they're failing to do a good job, like there's an opportunity to say, look, like let's get you more of the tools that you need 
And it's not sort of absent of personal reflection or introspection. It's just that personal reflection and introspection are much easier to come later in the process. Because if you've given me tools that I can use, then from there, I have a little bit more mental space to do any of that reflection, right? If I'm still like second shifting, if I'm still sort of signing on during the day and doing my job and then doing my job at night, so like you should go on a journey in terms of your own leadership style. Like at that moment, I'm like, really? Like on top of what time? Right? Yeah, like I have yeah. no time to think. And I think for, for a lot of bosses, this like, let's get some core skills in place. And then from the place where we've got some, some more of it working and some more of it scaling a little bit better, then we can have a conversation around how are you showing up in this job? And is it what your team or your organization needs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the core skills of a quote unquote good boss what do those include? I, I'm going to assume, you know, some empathy, some decent communication skills. What what are what are these like, quote unquote, core skills? Fundamentally, there's one. There's one that I point to basically that that sort of outstrips all of the rest, which is like, do you believe in a growth mindset? Because at the core of it, all of this is skills, right? Like all of these are skills that that are entirely learnable. And I think so much of how we promote people into management and promote people into leadership roles is essentialist. It's, well, you're a natural born leader. And often when we say you're a natural born leader, it means that like, if I do a Google image search for CEOs, you look like the photos that come up. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a good way to promote people into management. Like that has some downsides and it doesn't actually predict good outcomes to say, well, you're, you photo match what I expect a leader to look like where I think leaders do really phenomenal work is to say like, this is a set of skills. And if I've got a gap, I know how to go find and, and sort of go find resources and go fill that gap or go get trained or go get skills or go develop. I think the, the idea for a lot of folks where they get stuck is you either have it or you don't. And in my experience, that's, that's not true. Our second clip in our roundup comes from our episode on job hopping. I sat down with career contestant coach Wanda McKinney to discuss whether job hopping is the new promotion. We talked about the pros, the cons and things to consider before you do it. Wanda shared three considerations to ask yourself before job hopping. Number one, be careful of hopping solely for financials. Number two, think through how long you will stay in the new role. And number three, evaluate how the move supports your career path or helps you pivot to the one that you desire. Wanda also gives advice to people who are happy where they are. Let's take a listen. Keep your toes in the water, even when all is well where you are. So a lot of times, I find that clients will say, no, I do not want to talk to a recruiter because I'm so happy where I am. But I actually give different kind of advice. I would say when you're happy where you are and a recruiter calls, listen, and then use that as a way to keep your data points going along your journey. You don't have to take the role or pursue it, but always stay open to a conversation. I also think you should always research your role while you're sitting there so that you are current on what's happening in the market that you work in or or the the industry so that you have a good feel. I I just think that sometimes we get uncomfortable and we don't know why we're uncomfortable. And sometimes it's because we don't have information and information a lot of times can make us comfortable in our situation and know that we're in the right place. Or sometimes it tells us it's time to move on. But I think when you're informed, you can make great decisions and move through your career journey quite comfortably. Our next clip in the roundup comes from our episode with behavioral and experimental economist and author of The No Club, Lisa Vesterlin. 
Did you know that in the workplace, women are more likely to take on time-consuming tasks that are unlikely to drive revenue and won't be recognized in performance evaluations? When you're so busy doing non-promotable tasks and office work, it's easy to see why quitting your job feels like the only way out. Here's Lisa on how to identify a non-promotable task and what to do about it. You know, we sort of have three characteristics of a non-promotable task. So to really figure out if something is promotable, we do indeed encourage conversations either with peers or with supervisors, depending on what your relationship is with your supervisor. But sort of as as an initial filter is just to look at the assignment that you have and say, how closely linked is the work that I'm doing to the organization's mission. You know, if it's for-profit, am I generating revenue directly, et cetera? So how closely is it linked to the organization's mission? Secondly, is it visible? Will people notice that I have done this? Will my name be attached to it? If I'm working on slides, but not giving the presentations, that's invisible work. And the last question is whether you are using your unique skills to do the work. If you are a surgeon, Doing administrative work is not a unique skill. So asking those three questions will give sort of a first filter to say, is this a promotable assignment? And the second step is to have a sense of how much non-promotable work should you be doing and sort of what do you want your portfolio work to look like? So if it is a non-promotable assignment, then decide, is this the type of non-promotable work that I should be doing? And if it isn't, can I say no without negative repercussions? And if you can say no without negative repercussions, the way to say no is to explain why you can't do the work and help the requester solve the problem. So if this is an assignment that should be handled by somebody more junior than you saying, you know, right now I'm working on the product launch. If I take on this internal committee, I'm not going to be able to dedicate the time that I need on this more important product launch. So why don't we take this internal committee Give it to John, who just joined the organization, who would benefit from getting to know everybody and have him have that experience. So you've solved the problem, you've explained it. And most of the time, you're just going to get a thank you from the requester. Now, sometimes you just can't say no. And what we're really pushing for there is that you don't just say yes, but rather that you negotiate your yes. So when you have a request that you have to take on, take it on on the condition of something. So say, I'll take on this assignment if you can offload one of my other non-promotable tasks so that at least you don't, you know, just add to your non-promotable work. Another opportunity is just to say, this is a really big assignment. How about if we divvy it up into three different components? I'll do component A because that's where I'm more skilled. And then Jim and John can do two other components. And the last option is if you have to take on the entire assignment, it's just to say, sure, I will do it this time. But then John has to do it next time. So that there's a plan to get off the assignment, because what we often see is that women start off on a non-promotable task and then they get stuck. It somehow becomes theirs. So having sort of an exit strategy signed up or lined up for your yes certainly reduces the negative consequences of taking it on. This holiday season, if you're looking for a unique gift that inspires curiosity, travel and culture, give yourself the gift of Babbel or give your friend the gift of Babbel. Personally, I love giving gifts that are based on an experience rather than a physical material item. And a language course is a great gift that will literally keep giving. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. 
Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you'll finally be able to discover the wonder that comes with learning a new language. I love learning languages and I have tried a lot of different language learning apps, websites, and courses, but Babbel really does stand out among them all. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. And while other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code CONTESSA. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com with code CONTESSA. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Our fourth clip comes from our episode with Reshma Sajani, author of Pay Up. Reshma and I discuss the big lie of corporate feminism and how to address the burnout and inequality harming America's working women today. Here's Reshma's advice on how to talk about policies with a future employer. For a moment, in some ways, the pandemic took away your control, but then gave you a little bit of control. And you're kind of like, oh, I can, I mean, so many moms are like, with this flexibility, I'm just functioning better. And I'm so exhausted, but I have a little bit more control. And so I think it is really, and I don't think there's a one size fits all. I think it's asking yourself, what do I need in my next workplace that is going to make me feel healthy? And, and so maybe that is, you know, working remotely two days a week. Maybe that is coming in after drop off. Maybe that is having, you know, we don't send emails after six. But I think it is you doing the personal assessment of what you want and then shopping for it. Whereas we've never kind of seen it that way. We're always like, let me just take what I can get because I think that we have power, but we do have, I just somebody keeps saying that you have power right now. It's not going to last forever, but you have power right now. So you can shop for the workplace that works for you. So how do we like look at this and say, no, 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 no. I want to work differently. I want to end the hustle culture. I want to spend more time with my children rather than feel like this is being put upon us. We got to bring choice back. And we can't go back to just saying we don't have choice because we we could if we fought. I know that's really hard because we're so damn tired, but we can change this. We are the majority. Our next clip comes from LinkedIn expert Jeremy Schleifling. 
Jeremy gives us his best tips for optimizing your LinkedIn profile and doubling your job leads. This clip is a bit longer because Jeremy had so many great hacks for optimization. Here's Jeremy. Hack number one is all about understanding your audiences. I used to be a kindergarten teacher. Now I'm a tech marketer. In either case, you got to know who you're talking to, right? And so your audience on LinkedIn is really twofold. Yes, number one, it's definitely the Lorns of the world, the people who are going out there trying to find your talent. But it's also their trusty steed, which is the LinkedIn algorithm. Because without that, it's tough to look through 800 million profiles. You got you to please both audiences. Now, in terms of the algorithm, I'll give you hacks two and three, which are all about what does the algorithm care about? Well, we already talked about hack number two, which is the idea that the headline matters more than anything else. So definitely start there. Even if you're changing careers, signal where you want to go next. So hack number three, going back to the algorithm, is it's not just purely about the job title, although that's your most important keyword. It's also about the skills that go along with it. So a savvy recruiter like Lauren's going to say, I don't just want a data analyst. I want someone who has SQL expertise, Python expertise, experience with machine learning. And so she's going to apply those skill filters in LinkedIn Recruiter. So how do you know that these are your most important keywords? Well, you go to the job descriptions. Because even though we as job seekers tend to hate job descriptions, you know they're long and wordy, hard to parse. If you plug them into a site like jobscan.co, it will look through them automatically and say, hey, here are the five most important keywords. And by the way, three of them are missing from your resume or from your LinkedIn profile. Now it's up to you to go back and fill in those gaps so you get credit for those skills. Now let's talk about the actual person who's using the machine to get results, the human recruiter. So we know that we humans are a very visual species. As much as we appreciate a good keyword, we appreciate a picture even more. So there are two pictures that matter the most on your profile. Number one is definitely the profile photo, of course, because it's part of the holy trinity of LinkedIn. Your name, your headline, and your photo go everywhere you go on the site. So you got to make sure it looks good. And it turns out that based on our own research at LinkedIn, recruiters are 14 times more likely to choose your profile if you have a photo. So all the folks who are kind of ghosting on LinkedIn, saying, oh, I got to keep it locked down, forget it. LinkedIn is the one site that breaks the rule for social networks, which is you want to be more open, you want to be more human, because that attracts other humans. And so if you want a really good tip, because you can get deep into the sociology of what do our facial expressions say? Is that a real smile, a Duchenne smile, a Botox smile, all these different things that psychologists do to uh, understand how we sort of relate to each other, go to a site called snapper.com. So it's S-N-A-P-P-R, notice the missing E.com, and it will analyze your photo based on AI and the best social science research about human faces. My fifth and final hack, which is the cover photo. Very similar to Twitter and Facebook. They've all had those for a couple of years now. Basically a nice little background. And so many people on LinkedIn just leave it blank. You know, just kind of a blue gray wall, which does nothing for you. But again, this is a huge chunk of your most valuable real estate. The recruiter doesn't have to scroll a single pixel. It's right there when they land on your profile. And what is it saying about you? It's saying, I have nothing extra value to add. I have no personal brand that I'm trying to drive home. Or if you actually customize it, it can really sort of sing your particular focus to the rooftops. So what I recommend is a final hack is go to pexels.com, P-E-X-E-L-S.com, and you will find royalty-free photography that is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And so you can emphasize one of two things. I love to focus on your functional expertise. So for example, if you're a product manager and you're leading teams through whiteboard exercises all day long, have a beautiful photo of someone driving a whiteboard exercise. But on the other hand, Maybe you want folks to understand that you're really focused on a specific geographic area. I'm a Bay Area guy or a Seattle person. Find a gorgeous picture of 
you know, the tower in Seattle or the Golden Gate Bridge in the Bay Area and really emphasize that that is part of your brand. We've been conditioned to think that we need a college degree to get into an exciting and high paying career. But traditional degree programs are so expensive. Plus, how many people actually end up using their degree, let alone find a job that pays the bills right after graduating? That's why I love that Sabio's coding bootcamp offers a different path. At Sabio, you'll graduate with the skills to start a real full-time job in tech, and it only takes 17 weeks of remote learning. Their alumni are working at companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and more. Sabio has been voted the best coding bootcamp by Course Report five years in a row. And they're not your average bootcamp. Their focus on real-life experiences prepares you to start working in tech right away. Finding a job is built into the program, and there are so many roles you can go into, like UX designer, software engineer, even social media tech jobs. Plus, Sabio is such an affordable option. They even offer a women in tech scholarship with $2,500 off the total cost of tuition. That's right, $2,500 off the total cost of the tuition. Now is the time to start a career in tech with Sabio. Visit our special URL, sabio.la slash Contessa, to learn how you can qualify for a $2,500 Women in Tech scholarship. That's sabio.la slash Contessa. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la slash Contessa today to learn more. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can also find every specialist under the sun. Whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. I don't know about you, but I find that one of the most challenging aspects of making an appointment is number one, figuring out whether your insurance will accept it. And number two is trying to find something that will be available like tomorrow or within the next week. One of my favorite parts of ZocDoc is they actually specifically show you doctors that are near you and will take your insurance. And it shows you doctors that are accepting new patients and have availability soon. So you don't have to wait months and months for an appointment. On ZocDoc, you can also read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. So now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. And ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that is right for you. Book an appointment in person or remotely, whatever works for you. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Contessa and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Contessa. ZocDoc.com slash Contessa. Our sixth and final clip comes from our episode on how to create influence at work. I was joined by the professor behind Yale School of Management's most popular class, Dr. Zoe Chance. Here's Dr. Zoe on one thing that influences behavior more than anything else. 
It's simply ease. People tend to take the path of least resistance. And there are lots of scientific reasons for this. And my work on influence comes from the discipline of behavioral economics. In the book, I explain a lot of that, but I don't want to take time to explain the science of it now. And I'll just say the single best thing you can do to be more influential in every domain of your life is to make it as easy as possible for the other person to take that next baby step. Don't worry about getting them to the finish line at every stage, figure out what is the next baby step and then figure out how can I make it easier for them to get there? This is life-changing, profit, transformational, promotion, uh, guaranteeing, just every single thing. Ask yourself, how can I make it even easier for them? It's not always easy for you to do the thing that's easy for them. So you take on work through this, but it's powerful. And lastly, as an added bonus, I want to share some new advice for this episode because sometimes the best career advice isn't really about work specifically, but about you. Let's talk about cultivating confidence. I'm talking about unshakable facts-based confidence. There are a few ways to build confidence and I'll share a few that have helped me. First, take note of your accomplishments and celebrate your wins. In a world where breaking news lasts just a few moments, it's common for people to struggle to remember the last time they achieved anything noteworthy. In fact, let me ask you, when is the last time you hit a goal? After you hit that goal, what did you do to celebrate? Anything? You might not even remember the last time you stopped to enjoy your hard work. You may have even downplayed your success to just quote dumb luck. Let's change that. Take time to write your accomplishments down each week. Try placing a pen and a notebook on your bedside table. Write down one accomplishment each day. Let your final thoughts of the day be positive and permanent. Try it out. What have you done recently that you're proud of? Did you reach out to a coworker in need? Did you accomplish a goal at work? Or maybe you can recall one new thing you've learned in the last month that's helping you. The next step is learning to define what success means to you and only you. Stop comparing yourself to other people's visions of success. Whenever I feel intimidated or even jealous of someone else's success, I have a practice I use to refocus. When caught in a tricky comparison trap, I take a moment to close my eyes and picture my own version of success. Let's try it out. Close your eyes and envision your picture of success. What do you see? Who and what is there? How does it make you feel? Now I want you to carry this snapshot with you. And as we wrap up this year, I want you to remember what's in your personal picture of success. Well, there you have it. A roundup of the best career advice we've heard from guests this year. We've made sure to link to each individual episode in the show notes as well. Lastly, one of our favorite topics related to your career is knowing how to ask for and give effective feedback. That's why we created Critique Crash Course, our online course that teaches you how to give and receive valuable feedback that leaves people feeling inspired, not irritated. Check out the course in the show notes and get the feedback you need to be more successful in your career in 2023. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please remember to rate our show and leave us a review. I know I ask all the time, but they really do help get our show recommended to new listeners and we love to read them. 
And please let us know what future topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can email us info at careercontessa.com or DM us on Instagram, which is just at careercontessa. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.